This is AM Rush. I'm your host, Alex Mitchell. Wednesday, May 27th. It's not all the time that sports dominates the news, but today it certainly does. The National Hockey League is coming back, going straight to the playoffs. The New York Islanders and the New York Rangers are in it. We'll talk about who they're going to match up. We're going to talk about how this playoff format is something we have never even seen before and what to expect and how it's going to work. But hockey is not the only sport coming back. World Team Tennis, a league where New York has a team in the Bronx, the New York Empire, is also going to make a return this summer. That league is going to happen with fans. We're talking with World Team Tennis CEO Carlos Silva about how they made that happen. This is AM Rush. I'm Alex Mitchell. Let's Talk about some hockey tonight, today, whatever time it is. That's all. I'm excited to talk about some hockey. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman officially announced hockey's return-to-play format that is going to start with a 24-team extended extended postseason. The regular season for the NHL is over. The New York Islanders and the Rangers both qualify for the playoffs. So here's how it's going to work. The top four seeds in each division are getting a bye into the quarterfinals, while seeds 5 to 12, that's right, 12 seeds, 12 in the East, 12 in the West, seeds 5 through 12 are going to partake in a best of five series to determine who is going to make the traditional eight-team conference playoff format. So in the East, the Bruins, Lightning, Capitals, and Flyers are all getting buys into what would be the standard playoff round. The number 5 Penguins draw the number 12 Canadians in the play-in series. The New York Rangers take on the Carolina Hurricanes, who beat the New York Islanders in the playoffs last year. Not just beat them, but they swept the New York Islanders. And over in Nassau County, the New York Islanders are taking on the number 10 Florida Panthers. The last time the Islanders and Panthers played, the Islanders broke a 23-year playoff series winning drought when John Tavares hit the game winner in double overtime on former Islanders goalie Roberto Luongo. Speaking of Tavares, the number eight Toronto Maple Leafs are going to play the number nine Columbus Blue Jackets in the best of five. Out West, the Blues, Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights, Dallas Stars all get buys, while the number five Oilers play the number 12 Blackhawks, number six Predators play the Arizona Coyotes at number 11, the number seven Vancouver Canucks draw the Minnesota Wild, and two Canadian teams face off in number eight and nine. The Calgary Flames take on the Winnipeg Jets. Commissioner Gary Bettman said that two hub cities are going to host the playoffs. It's going to be one city per conference. Now, he did not disclose what city it will be at this time, but Bettman did mention a few that are being considered. Those cities are Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Now, one city is going to be for the West, and one city is going to be for the East. So for the Islanders and Rangers, it seems most like they'll be playing in either Columbus, Pittsburgh, or Toronto. If they play in Toronto, I have a fun theory that I'm going to talk about with AM New York Metro sports editor Joe Pantorno. We're going to go over 
all of this stuff, but they could do something pretty special in Toronto depending on what baseball's doing. So for the seven teams that didn't make the playoffs and the eight teams that are going to be eliminated in the play-in round, they're going to be subject to a complicated three-phased NHL draft lottery that's going to decipher the top three selections. Reports indicate that training camp will not begin until at least July. Now, once that's done, play will resume. And later today, AM New York Metro sports editor Joe Pantorno and I are going to sound off on what we think is going to happen in this new NHL playoff format, what the Islanders are in store for, what the Rangers are in store for, and man, oh man, we're hoping that they could meet up in another round. Now jumping from the ice to the court, World Team Tennis also announced on Tuesday that its summer season is going to kick off on Sunday, July 12th, playing all 66 of its matches through Sunday, August 2nd. It's going to be held at a neutral site called the Greenbrier, which is a mountain resort in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, and it features an over 2,000-seat professional tennis stadium. Now, the league also announced that fans are going to be allowed to attend these matches over the summer, but it's only going to be at one-fifth capacity, which will be about 500 people. Now, we're going to go to World Team Tennis CEO Carlos Silva, who spoke with me last week as they were ironing out details on how to return. Carlos, we're going to you now. Carlos, some very big news in world team tennis. Talk about it. Well, you know, we've been, we've been working hard, Alex, and, uh, it, you know, we're getting very close to uh, being able to choose our host city. Uh, we've been grinding away, you know, like so many of us have from, from home, trying to figure out how we, uh, how we get all these great players together on July 12th. And I think we're very close and uh, look forward to, um, you know, making an announcement, um, you know, next week that, that we'll uh, have a host city and we'll be able to play our season with our, you know, with our broadcast partners at CBS and ESPN. And um, it's exciting. It's, it's really exciting. A lot of work and we're, we're getting close. We're getting very close to the finish lines. So fingers crossed. So talk about the criteria that you and your team at World Team Tennis had determined was fitting for the season to go on. Well, it's a, it's a great question, and there's a whole slew of criteria, but there's really only one uh, criteria that matters because uh, all the others are irre- irrelevant if, um, the, as I like to say, the open flag isn't waved. So the, the first thing that has to happen is the open flag in that state has got to be waved by the, the governor, uh, the city, and you know others that you know where the the venue and and uh, and complex would be, and so we've been tracking just like all of us, you know the the nation beginning to open here over the last you know kind of week to ten days, and so that you know that that opening is is now happening in a bunch of states. Um, we targeted states that we felt would um, would be more likely to be open, and and we've targeted some states where some sporting events have already happened. And so, you know, like all of us, you know, we're kind of all reporters, you know, every day sort of tracking and, and monitoring what's happening in the in the world, but then in the sports world. And so, uh, you know, that's really the first criteria. You know, the second criteria is that 
it's safe, but, you know, certainly we're relying on the state to not open if it's not safe. So in a way, that's a little bit built in. Uh, and then, you know, understanding the venue capabilities, the, the hotel and accommodations, uh, you know, how we will feed the players and, and take care of them, as well as the staff, uh, both um, on the league side as well as the production side. Um, and then how do we handle transportation for all of the players? Um, you know, we've been on a number of calls uh, with the White House task force on both medical and sports. And, you know, we're still trying to understand, you know, what will happen with some international players and how we deal with international players. But, you know, certainly even for players that are in the U.S., um, you know, getting them into the, the city and, and making sure that, you know, the, the pickup and the, the transport is safe and clean and all of those things are also, you know, on the criteria list. So for people that are going to be tuning in to World Team Tennis for the first time this summer, obviously we're all stoked not just to have tennis back, but just a light at the end of the tunnel. Who are some of the athletes that they can expect to watch that they may not have known about? Well, I mean, if you if you go back to even before um, we got into a COVID-19 world, you know, you go back to February and, and early March, you know, we had already announced some amazing players uh, that joined the team from, you know, Sloan Stevens to anchor the Chicago team, you know, the Bryant brothers and Sam Query in um, in Las Vegas, uh, you know, Stevie Johnson out in Orange County, along with, you know, Dimitrov and and um, and, and, you know, the the the, the Skupski brothers were both in, uh, you know, uh, Sophia Kennan. I mean, the list the list is so long. I'm just sort of thinking off the top of my head. But, you know, from Grand Slam winners to the greatest doubles team in the history of the sport uh, and more. And, and then I got to tell you, Alex, since, you know, since the last 30 days, 45 days that we've all been trying to figure out the world, um, you know, with tennis, with tennis now, um, you know, off officially from, you know, the ITF, the ATP and the WTA till August 1st and our season starting the July on July 12th. I, I mean, almost every player in the world has called and said, you know, can I can I jump in and get on a team in world team tennis? So we're we're sorting through how we deal with that, um, that influx of of even more top names. So with the current set of circumstances, there could even be a bigger pool of talent than you guys were anticipating with this. Oh, there's certain, yeah, there certainly will be. And, and then, as you know, uh, at times we have marquee players pop in for a few matches. Uh, and many of those marquee players, uh, you know, players like Francis Tiafo or, or Nick Kyrgios uh, and others have, have also reached out and, and said, uh, maybe I'll play the whole season now and not just come in for three nights. That's certainly exciting. I remember last season I was covering the New York Empire up in the Bronx and seeing John Isner, seeing Venus Williams, I know it was an away match for her, but seeing that in a non-U.S. Open setting is something really exciting. And the way that you guys do that is something, especially this summer, where really all eyes are going to be on tennis, particularly if you guys are bringing in some additional top-tier caliber talent. Another question I want to ask you about that, with your league going through, do you see that as an indicator for the U.S. Open? Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know that I can 
I don't know that any of us can make that determination. The only, the only thing I can tell you is I've been, you know, the USTA is a partner of ours. You know, our, our Orlando team plays at the USTA national campus in, in Orlando. Um, that what I can tell you is what I've heard from, um, from a number of the executives there, you know, going all the way to the top is that they're going to do everything they can to try and play. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, many things are out of all of our control, but I, I do know they're going to try and figure it out, and you know, until they can. And by the way, it was no different than us. I mean, um, as I've said, you know, many times, it you know, it only takes about thirty seconds to cancel something. You you send an email and you send it out to everyone, so you can always do that um, if you've explored every single option, and and that's what we did. And I think I think that's what everyone's trying to do. I'm sure. You know, all the majors have done that, and and certainly with the U.S. Open being the next major that's on the the docket, they all want to play, so they're going to do everything they can to try and play. And like I was saying last season, covering the New York Empire, the way that they made the playoffs against Philadelphia last year, that was, that in my opinion, that was the upset of the year in all of sports. In your league, you get some of the most exciting matches, and so many people are going to have the opportunity to watch them now over the summer. For those that will be tuning in to World Team Tennis for the first time, talk a little bit about the nature of the league. Well, yeah, um, no, you're right. It, it was super exciting. I talked to Luke about that all the time, and uh, you know they got into the finals, and the finals was also you know incredibly tight. And they had a lot of, you know, both teams had a lot of chances, both New York and Springfield. Um, look, I think, I think it is what's so great about world team tennis. And, that, you know, the format works. It's great having men and women on the court together, uh, you know, men's singles, women's singles, men's doubles, women's doubles, and then mixed. Uh, it's interesting the way the coaches mix up the, the format of which matches play in which, in which order. But... You know, for the for the folks that don't know, the thing that's interesting about World Team Tennis too is that it's cumulative scoring from set one to set five, and you've got to continue to win games. So, you know, losing a set five one is really bad, but you know, losing a set five three or five four is is not so bad. You know, and you can easily recover from it. And so, it really does keep both teams in the match till that fifth set, and uh, and it, and it just it just creates a lot of excitement and certainly with no ad scoring uh, that, you know, we've always played, uh, you know, I just feel like every, you know, you know, every 30, 15 or every 40, 15 point is still massively important because you don't want to get to deuce and have to play that decision point because, you know, it's easy to get broken on a decision point. It's just one point, you know, you, you double fault, you know, you, the returner makes a great return, whatever it might be. And, and then you've lost the game. And it, it does create quite a bit of excitement. Uh, I think it's a great format. And this is your second year coming in as CEO for World Team Tennis. Obviously, this is a set of circumstances you were not expecting, particularly so early in your role in this. But what did you learn from last year's season that can help you adapt to going forward with this summer? You know, I've I've been a fan, and and you know, I've I've known, uh, you know, I've known Billie Jean and Alana and Mark Ine and and uh, you know a number of the other owners over the years. So, and and living in Washington D.C., you know, been to many Washington Castles matches over the years. So I was already a fan, which which makes it easy. And obviously, tennis is 
has been such an important part of my life too. Um, I think what I learned in 2019 is that, uh, is that, you know, you need to keep building the audience. I think we had great broadcast partners in 2019 with CBS and ESPN. Uh, I think more than ever, um, you, you realize how great the format is and, and how much fun the players have. You don't always see professional athletes having a good time and also competing hard. Uh, sometimes you do, but not always. And uh, I think it just it just really made me happy to see how much these individual athletes enjoyed being in a team setting. And, and you know, it felt much more like an NBA team or, uh, you know, or, or, you know, a football team or a basketball team or a soccer team because, you know, high-fiving and cheering their 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 um their teammates on and and trying to help them you know get a win and i think um i think that's always been the case for world team tennis but i think getting the exposure and helping everyone understand that that this is a great format for tennis and um and you know look you just got to continue to build the audience and and you know continue to expand in new cities which we did in 2019 and yeah, unfortunately, we expanded in Chicago in 2020, and and we won't be able to play in Chicago as we you know look to one host city in in the 2020 year. But um, you know, we'll get back to it, and I think all of the cities are also going to support uh, support their teams. Well, Carlos, I can certainly say after covering the New York Empire, the atmosphere is electric. You have fans up and at them like nothing else. The benches are. So energetic. It really, I say that World Team Tennis was one of New York City's best kept secrets. And now it seems like the secret is getting out. And I can't wait for this season. It's awesome that you guys are able to put on a year. And 2021, when hopefully fans will be able to attend in their home cities, that's going to be something else. Yeah, well, thanks, Alex. And and, uh, we'll keep you posted as the plans get finalized, but uh, uh, it's been a lot of hard work by the team. So I sort of have to congratulate all my teammates to helping us get where we're uh, where we're getting and, and being able to put the athletes back on the court on July 12th. Absolutely, Carlos. Before I let you go, anything else you want to say about World Team Tennis? No, just just that I've got the best job in the world. So uh, <laughs> I'm thankful, and uh, I hope everybody's safe. And uh, things are going to hopefully, you know, continue to improve every single day. And, and we look forward to having you guys enjoy our great tennis on July 12th. Of course, Carlos, thank you for coming on AM Rush today. And I have to say, let's go, Empire. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Alex. Of course. And that was AM Rush. I'm Alex Mitchell. Oh, this is exciting. I would do just about anything for an Islanders-Rangers playoff series, and I certainly want to check out the New York Empire getting back in the New York groove, too. Stay tough out there, New York. We've got something to look forward to. Just remember, be smart, be safe, wash your hands.